At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. We are live. Welcome in, everybody, to a live simulcast episode of the Huddle Up! Podcast on YouTube and Facebook. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, who you know and love as the lead NFL writer for Heavy.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, Colin Kaepernick is holding a tryout, workout, I guess, is more uh, apropos, this Saturday in the Falcon Stadium, and the Broncos are probably going to have a representative there. Do you think there's anything more to that? No. than just simply the Broncos being able to say, yeah, we had someone there. We're not blackballing Colin Kaepernick. That's exactly what it is. And I think the entire NFL workout itself is one way to say, listen, we gave him a shot in front of everyone. It, it proves that he can't. he's not signed because he can't play football. It's not because we're blackballing him or colluding against him. The Broncos – uh, wanted to acquire him in 2016. I think everyone knows that story by now. Kaepernick turned an offer from the Broncos down, a fairly lucrative offer, and the Broncos went with Paxton Lynch instead. But, yeah, it's just due diligence, and I think that's a lot of teams uh, view it that way, just ha- setting someone out there just to scout. I mean, that's the scout's job is to scout players, and this is just one more player fighting for a job. I mean, the thing is, everyone – I think too many people look – maybe perhaps a little too fondly and positively on the final years of Colin Kaepernick's career. But let's not forget that he was so bad from basically, well, especially 2015 and 2016, he was so bad that he was eventually deposed and benched for Blaine Gabbert. He just wasn't good. And when the Broncos kicked around that opportunity uh, to trade, you know, acquire him via trade from San Francisco, they wanted him to take a little bit of a haircut, take a little bit of a pay cut. Yeah. He wasn't willing to do it, though. That He still would have been making solid money as an NFL starter, but he wasn't willing to do it, and so the Broncos didn't make that trade, and the rest is history. But I just, especially with how involved John Elway has been in the 
the business aspect of the NFL league office, competition committees being roped into that uh, lawsuit that Kaepernick had uh, against the NFL and just his what we know about Elway's overall political leanings. I think the Denver Broncos literally, Zach, are one of the least likely teams to ever yeah. show any interest in, in bringing Kaepernick in. Yeah, I, I, he's not coming to Denver. I, I still would be surprised if he got an offer from a team. By, I think maybe the tanking Dolphins or a team that has literally nothing to lose would take him on as a flyer. But he's not coming to Denver given John Elway's conservative political beliefs and given his stance on the national anthem. And like you said, Chad, what a lot of people forget about Kaepernick, he really wasn't that good in the tail end of his career. It, it wasn't just a, a hater opinion of him. He really His play did tail off toward the end, and that's partly why, or most of the reason why I believe he doesn't have the job the politics aside he wasn't good toward the tail stretch if he was a game changer he'd be on he'd be on an nfl roster. absolutely i, mean, I yeah. honestly believe yeah. that that's yeah. not rose-colored glasses here um but that's neither here nor there it's it's happening the broncos will be there to say they were there but he's not coming to denver now meanwhile we got a lot to get to in tonight's show including the broncos just before we went live made a waiver claim and cut a player off the 53-man roster. We're going to get to that here in just a second. But first, you guys, a couple of quick reminders. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. That is the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then don't forget to mosey on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a creative review. And if you like what Zach and I are doing here on the Huddle Up Podcast, leave us a five-star rating. And what that does is two things. Number one, it's a great organic way a grassroots way to support the show if you like what we're doing. And it also enters you into our drawing, our giveaway each and every month. We randomly select a couple of fans who have made a creative review on Apple Podcasts to give away some Mile High Huddle or Huddle Up Podcast merch. We just put some Huddle Up Podcast merch on order. It's on the way to Zach. And pretty soon here, within the next day or two, we're going to be able to unveil that for our listeners to our Super Chat donators. So, and that includes those of you who make reviews and create reviews for us on Apple Podcasts. And those five stars go a long way toward putting the podcast in front of new listeners. So take care of that business. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, 
infertile, impotent, Joe Biden, and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, let's, uh, let's talk really quick. I want to make the bulk of our conversation about Drew Locke and also about Bryce Callahan these last couple of days of practice. But first, the Broncos just claimed Cyrus Jones off waivers and then themselves announced that they have cut, waived, but cut Cody Sensabaugh, the cornerback they picked up just a few weeks ago. Your gut reaction to the move? Uh, Cyrus Jones, I recently remember him. I think he had a muffed return against the Patriots with the Ravens a few weeks ago. So that's what I kind of know him as. He, he's just a, a cornerback depth move, a punt returner depth move. I think they're fairly solid in, in the punt returner department, but cornerback, they can you know, always use some help and uh, comes from a good team, comes from good coaching. And I think the Broncos, it's just one of those end of the roster transactions you make this time of year. I'm not putting too much stock in, in the addition of uh, Damian. Jones. Breaking the ice on Super Chat for tonight with a $10 donation. Appreciate, uh, appreciate, appreciate you, Damien. Um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. The Broncos, they're, they have a cornerback need now, but they're also having to hedge to the future because we don't know what's going to happen with either Bryce Callahan. We don't know if he's ever going to be the same player, if he's ever going to yeah. bounce back from that foot. A, B, Chris Harris Jr., we don't know what the future holds. We know he is hell-bent on testing at least the free agent waters and – Odds are he's going to find a, a pretty strong market for his services, and it's doubtful that the Broncos are going to be willing to to uh, to splurge. Let's just say spend to keep him back. Now, I would hope that John Elway can think back to 2011 when he arrived in the Broncos front office as a VP of football operations. What he did with regard to Champ Bailey, Champ was on the back nine of his career, and they put together a deal. It was something like 10 million, which at the time was still top tier cornerback money to keep Champ Bailey in Denver for the duration of his career. And I think they need to do something similar for Chris Harris. But, Zach, I don't think that's going to happen. Meanwhile, Cyrus Jones is here to basically continue to churn the bottom of that cornerback depth chart. Just some bona fides for our listeners and viewers who don't know. Cyrus Jones was a second-round pick uh, three years ago. All right, He played his college ball at Alabama. The New England Patriots originally drafted him in the second round. He was the 60th overall pick. He's kind of had an up-and-down NFL career thus far, but there's no no question that he has some talent. And clearly, Zach, the Broncos like his possibility of being a scheme fit in this zone-centric Fangio scheme. It seems like the Broncos love the Patriots cast-offs, too, with Duke Dawson also coming over in the secondary. It just uh, The Broncos like that high-round Patriots talent that got away from New England. I don't blame them for taking a shot on these players. You have nothing to lose. It's all upside, no risk. You bring him in if he performs great. If he doesn't, you cut him, no financial loss. So they're always looking to find new players. They always need some help in that secondary, but I'm with you. It starts and ends with Chris Harris Jr. What they decide to do with him, I think, will set the domino effect for the rest of the moves next year. And Cody Sensabaugh, the few opportunities, snaps he received on defense. Wasn't great. Not very good. And I don't think anyone had too high expectations for him to be much of a hit, but he was a Band-Aid move when they signed him. And I do think this is a this is an upgrade. Now, Cyrus Jones is a punt returner. They're probably not going to change anything with what they have going currently with Deontay Spencer in that department because even though Deontay has made some questionable decisions to return punts a little too often from inside the 10 – He's been very solid in terms yeah. of not fumbling and 
you know, making overall good decisions and moves in that department. So Cyrus Jones. Now let's turn the table. We'll get to everyone's questions here in just a second, what you guys have to say, what's on your mind. Drew Locke. So he started practice on Tuesday. He practiced again today, early on Wednesday. And the general buzz and vibe is that he's looked pretty good. He looks like Drew Locke. You know, he's, he's showcasing that arm. However, Coach Fangio on uh, today, he he was asked, so what would you think of Drew Locke's first day back at practice? And basically said, oh, you know, because Fangio meets with the media before that day's practice, not after. So when Fangio met with the media today, Wednesday, they Locke had only practiced once. And he said that he did, quote, he did okay. He took some scout team snaps. He's going to take some regular snaps today. He did fine, close quote. So, you know, he's, he's not going to get out over his skis and gush over a guy who practiced for the first time in three months on Monday. But at the same time, he's not going to say anything negative or critical or anything that can be perceived, Zach, as right. an indictment on him. Right. I mean, they are treating Drew Locke with, with the most fragile of kid gloves. I, with, between playing him on the field, mentally, what they're conveying through the media, they really are, I wouldn't say worried, but they're very conscious of uh, Locke's uh, psyche, his, his mental aptitude right now. They want to make him in the best possible position. They don't want to put him out there and subject him to either too high of expectations or too low of expectations. I think it's a good answer, though. I mean, he's just practicing for a couple days. Not, not going to blow anyone away in practice. He did pretty well. We have to see how it shakes out the next you know couple days or so. Stewart chipping in $25 on Super Chat. MVP, man. Some merch coming your way uh, here in the next few days. We got, we'll got we have some good news for you on that. Appreciate you. Keep up the great work on the great content. Much obliged, my friend. Um, I mean, yeah, Drew Locke, first of all, I, I think most fans know what it means to run scout team, but for those who don't know what it means, basically what that is is the practice squad guys and the bottom of the depth chart guys – they operate the opposing team on the schedule that week's offense to give the first team defense, you know, as real of a look at the alignments, the plays, the basically the look of the, what their next opponent's going to be. So he's out there throwing. And as Fangio said today, you know, you could see what he's able to do physically. In other words, you can see the arm, you can see the athleticism, you can see how his footwork looks from under center and his dropbacks. You can see all that. But in terms of how is he in, in the offense, they they didn't get any answers on that till after today's practice. Yeah, it's still going to take a few days. I, they're not going to make him the backup for Sunday's game. I think in that respect, they're, they're playing it, their cards right. They're playing it safe. But starting next week, there's no excuses and I think no limitations to what Drew Locke can do. He can go from the number two position to even the starter, I think, with a good week of practice. No Vance Joseph right there. So I, I really do believe it's going to take some time. And um, once he gets going, and I feel like once he feels comfortable, he even said he has to shake the rust off. He said, give him a few days. And he knows He's been sidelined for months now, but once he gets a feel and once he gets that rhythm and confidence, I don't think he's going to be slowed down or stopped again. Steven with a $20 donation on Super Chat. What's up, my brother? You got some merch coming your way as well. And again, we have some special things cooked up for our donators on Super Chat, and that's going to be announced here in the coming days as soon as we get the merch on site, which Zach has got it on order. It's literally a couple days out, so stay tuned for that. Goodness gracious, Paul, $100 donation on Super Chat, my dog. Thank you. You are keeping the lights on at MHH headquarters, man. Appreciate Thank you, you. Thank you. Um, I don't know, man. He was asked directly, Fangio, is there any chance Drew Locke could be the backup this week on the road in Minnesota? Quote, probably not, close quote. So they're not in any hurry to get Locke, A, activated to the roster, B, as the backup. It's They're going to s- slow roll. They're going to take their time. And, Zach, at this stage, you know, if – 
I wish they would have begun practicing him when they when they could, which was the first yeah. week they were allowed to, which would have been week seven. I wish they would have started it then so that he could have been available to play in week nine or play this week. But since they chose to activate him this week, he needs at least two weeks before you even consider giving him any kind of action, including being the backup. Give him two weeks of practice is my opinion, which, you know, that makes it the week, uh, what is it, week 11, 12, week 13 is the soonest I would want to see him now at this stage on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's hindsight now, but we both argued the Broncos kind of uh, slow-rolled his development. I don't think they handled it, the practice schedule or his, his return timeline the way they should have, but that's all in the past now. We can always just judge them based on what they're doing now. We just got to give him a few more weeks, but I feel once he gets out there, just from what he's exuded so far, once he gets out there and gets in this offense and gets on the field, I think he's going to take hold of that position, at least for the rest of the season. All right, let's turn the page, and then we'll get to what is on the minds of our awesome viewers and listeners here. Um, let's talk about what happened with Bryce Callahan. So for those of you who missed it, we learned on Monday that Bryce Callahan was going to quote unquote, try and practice on Tuesday, which he did. Now, if you, there's some clips of him practicing on Twitter for those of you who might be interested in seeing it. I think, uh, Nikki Jabvala, Andrew Mason had a few clips they put up there. If I'm not mistaken, you can go find them on Twitter. He looked a little tender still, Zach, that he's still favoring that foot a little. And then we found out from Vic Fangio on Wednesday when he was asked directly how he moved around in practice, Callahan, on Tuesday. Fangio said, quote, just okay, not great. And then he didn't practice today. He was a DNP today, Zach. So I, I think he probably woke up this morning and his foot did not feel good. They got to call a spade a spade yeah. and say, look, let's bite the bullet. Let's put him on IR. Now we got the roster spot that we've been searching for for Drew Locke, and let's get let's let Callahan have the rest and recuperation. And if he needs further attention or treatment or procedures on that foot, do it now so that he's got plenty of time to get healed up and hopefully be back to one hundred percent in time for next next summer. Hey, I'm fully with you here. It's a shame that he gets on the field for one practice and then Fangio says IR might be an option. After one practice, after all that time, he's still not healthy. And he either suffered a major setback or that foot injury was just a lot worse than the Broncos were letting on or that they knew about. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If he's still this banged up, IR him now, free up the roster spot, get him fully healthy, and then evaluate what's left in your secondary and go on from there. Christy with a $50 donation on. Thank you, Christy. My goodness. Christy, you've got some merch. We special ordered some merch for you. So uh, stay tuned on that guys. We're so excited to unveil that here. And and like I said, it'll probably be, there's a chance actually, Zach, I don't think there's a chance for tomorrow night. It'll be Sunday night. We're we're expecting Zach and I to be able to unveil some of this merch and then start uh, getting this out to our super chat donors and then making it available to any of our listeners who want to uh, get in on that. So, all right, let's, uh, Let's take a look here at what's on everybody's mind. We'll grab some comments here. Larry wants to know, what happened to Adam Gotzis? It seems like he has disappeared. Zach? I just think he hasn't taken to this scheme, and that's why he's a healthy scratch most weeks now. He wasn't great in run support. He wasn't getting after the passer. And once the Broncos activated Mike Purcell, uh, the defense just took a new life of its own, at least the front seven did, and at least in run support. Um, every every scheme has those players who either fit better, like Demarcus Walker, or fit worse, like Adam Gotsis. And he just uh, drew the short straw here. I, I don't look for him to come back, and I think the Broncos just will go their separate way. I mean, the bottom line is, now, the defense in the first four weeks, the Broncos went 0-4. We weren't seeing them as a unit take the leap forward that Fangio wanted and wanted to see. They made a couple of personnel tweaks, one of which was 
taking the miscast Shelby Harris at nose tackle and putting him at defensive end where Adam Gutzis had been starting for the last two and a half years, three and a half years, uh, basically, and then put Mike Purcell at nose tackle. And ever since then, that front defensive line, including Derek Wolf, that trio of Shelby Harris, Mike Purcell, and Derek Wolf have just been money. And Gotsis finally got activated on uh, in the Cleveland game in week nine, but he's you know, he's cruising for a free agency, and I don't think the Broncos are gonna make a whole heck of much of an effort to re-sign him. Josh, Jedi Joshua, it's good to see you on one of the live streams, my brother. He says, Kelberman's got the big beard energy. You guys think Cyrus Jones can be coached up by our staff? Uh, he, you know, he was a second round talent. He's coming from New England, so he has some great coaching background there. Um, you know, it's tough to make it there, and I think it was more of a numbers game is the reason why he left, uh, including Baltimore. But yeah, I mean, he definitely has the physical talent. It's all up to uh, Vic Fangio to coax that talent out of him. But considering what he's done with Bosby and the rest of the cornerbacks this season, I, I look for you know him to have a pretty fair tenure for the rest of the season if he makes it that long on the roster. The one thing that I like and. Un- for example, when it was VJ, you, you didn't know – it didn't appear anyway that they were doing much of a good job under Joe Woods and, and Vance Joseph of coaching up right. and developing the younger talent. And that's not something I worry about at all with Fangio and his staff, Ed Donatel, everyone, even all the different position coaches. I don't worry about that. I do think Cyrus Jones is going to get a great opportunity to you know try and – recapture his NFL career playing in a Fangio defense. Now we can't expect miracles overnight from a guy like Jones who's been bouncing around a little bit. It's going to take him a couple weeks to get settled in A and B when he does finally get rotated in, see some snaps, which there's a chance he'll play this week. Don't get me wrong, but they'll probably wait until at least the Buffalo game week 12. I like the odds of him being able to settle in and be a scheme fit for Vic Fangio. This is not a player the Broncos would have gone out and claimed if they didn't think he could jive with Vic Fangio's scheme. So This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Andy says, do you guys think the Broncos want to find an answer to the quarterback through free agency or the draft? At this stage, Zach, what's your answer? I mean, going on history, it's always free agency or via trade. It's, it's rarely the draft. But I think this year, I, Elway learned from his mistakes. We can only cross our fingers and our toes and hope that Elway learned from his mistake and is not going to keep trading for these Band-Aid quarterbacks anymore. He has Drew Locke on the roster. He has Rippon. He has Brandon Allen. He has three young guys. He still has Joe Flacco to deal with. So I don't anticipate another quarterback coming in through free agency. It's got to be the draft. If they even go that route again, they got to stay with the youth movement. Honestly, Andy, I think it comes down to how Drew Locke does this year when he finally gets to play. Because I don't think, you know, we always talk about on this show how the cream rises to the crop. And it's not revisionist history. Those of you who've been listening to the show for a couple of years now can remember that in the spring of 2018, when Chad Kelly was about to get some exposure and some opportunity to play, he was still number three on the depth chart between Case Keenum and Paxton Lynch. We said then and there that, you know what? He, it's not going to take him long. That talent's going to come out. It's going to come to the surface. And sure enough, that's what happened. All he needed was the reps. All he needed was the exposure. Two games, actually one game into the preseason, if I remember correctly, he leapfrogged Paxton Lynch for the number two. And he was. it was so definitive by the end of the preseason that Elway was like, I'm, comfort- I'm comfortable and confident now cutting bait on my first-round pick. They cut Paxton Lynch, rolled with Chad Kelly. And honestly, Drew Locke probably wouldn't even be in Denver today if Chad Kelly doesn't get so wasted on a Halloween night party <laughs> that he goes and ends up in some poor family's living room, wasted out of his mind and Getting all that. chased so, out by a vacuum cleaner. That's, that's, <laughs> not, that's neither here nor there, but my point being the cream always rises to the crop. Now, to the top. And in the case of Chad Kelly, you know, he had he had a golden arm and there was, he had an it factor, but he had a nickel head, all right? That yeah. million-dollar arm only took him so far as his head could get him. And and with Drew Locke, that cream's going to rise to the top, Zach. It's only a matter of time. So yes. getting back to the question here with Andy, Locke will get his opportunity this year. He will get promoted to the 53 this year. It's only a matter of time within the next three-week window. And when he gets his opportunity, it's it's just a matter of how well does he capitalize and is it enough for the Broncos to say, look, we're, you know, we've got our, our fail-safe backup. Brandon Allen's our guy for that job. We're going to roll into 2020 with Drew Locke and avoid tinkering with the quarterback position at all in 2020. We'll see. It's not a matter of if he's going to get his opportunity, as you alluded to, Chad. It's just a matter of what he's going to do with that opportunity. Is he going to sink or swim? And I think that's it, that's where the crossroads, the Broncos will pick a side after that, knowing what they want to do and possibly knowing what they have or don't have in Drew Locke. Big Daddy Kane coming in with a $15 donation on Super Chat. Appreciate you so much, my man. Um, let's see what we got here from Buona Beast. He says, so does this mean we get a supplemental pick for Callahan? Um, well, I think at this stage, because he hasn't played, he's not going to affect the, the um, compensatory formula at this stage if he doesn't play this year. So, That'll help the Broncos, but eventually he's, you know, unless that foot really is like a career ender, which there's no indication that it's going to be. It's just a setback this year. I don't think that's much of an issue here. Um, Here's one from Andy. Do you guys think that the staff is hesitant to play lock because this shows that the Flacco experiment did not go in their favor? Very interesting. 
I don't, I mean, Flacco proved that the Flacco experiment was a failure. Nothing else needs to show that the Flacco experiment didn't go in their favor. We all know that it was a disaster. We all know it was another failed move by Elway. So Locke getting out there, I think, would work in his favor is one quarterback that he did acquire is actually going out and and playing well. And Brandon Allen, too, for that matter. He just needs someone with a young arm to step up and take hold of this position. Uh, Hopefully that's Locke. But yeah, nothing is more of an indictment on Joe Flacco than Joe Flacco. Andy's got a few good questions in this stream that I'm going to feature here. He says, if Locke gets into any game and hurdles all the expectations, do you think the route to go get a QB through the draft fizzles? I honestly think right now it's a pretty fizzled topic at, at Dove Valley. Right now it's a, it's a moot point. It's a moot topic if and until Drew Locke gets his opportunity because even though our good friend Nick Kendall and colleague and there's others out there in the Broncos media sphere – who think that they, until they know what they have in lock, that quarterbacks got to stay on the table. I don't think the Broncos are thinking that way, Zach. I think the Broncos are, you know, that as far as the long-term guy, they think it's lock. It's just a matter of making sure the stars are aligned and making sure that when they finally expose him and debut him, the time is right, that he's as ready as he can be. Yeah, we can only guess on what the Broncos are thinking up there in Dove Valley. We can only assume what direction they're going to go in. I, but yeah, until we see a, a couple snaps from Drew Locke, until we see what he's capable of doing in the NFL, you really can't definitively say one way or the other if the Broncos are going to go quarterback. It's all dependent on him at this point. Joey says, hey guys, I don't buy that Locke isn't better than Allen or Rip, and using a little bit of a double negative there, I don't buy it either. I think that Right now, it's just a matter of comfortability in terms of the coaches believing that, you know, in the case of Allen and Rippon, Rippon's been running scout teams since week one, and Allen's been on the roster taking second team reps since week one. The coaches have no doubt or question in their mind that they at least know the offense, and it's just a matter of Locke proving through the next week or two of practice that he, too, is just fine when it comes to knowing what the calls are, getting in and out of the huddle quickly, calling the plays, making the right reads. And it's just going to take a couple of weeks of practice, Zach, for the coaches to ascertain and observe and see that for themselves. And physically, I mean, they're in different universes, completely Locke and Ribbon and Allen. I mean, one is a, a potential Pro Bowl-type quarterback in the Patrick Mahomes comparison. The other are kind of backup-level talents. So, like we've been talking about for months now, once his brain catches up to his arm, Drew Locke, he's going to be good to go. Larry says, I don't know why, but I get a Jay Cutler vibe about Locke. In- a little bit. I see what you mean by the way he looks. They they kind of do have a similar – well, first of all, their arm is very similar, and they kind of look the same a little bit. But from a personality perspective, Cutler was a very um, moody, almost uh, – I don't know how to say – passive-aggressive, not, not a – Diva. Yeah, very much a diva. Not an outgoing uh, QB1 type of guy. He, he was very – arrogant in the way he presented himself like a QB one, but in terms of the franchise charisma, being a public, a guy who can get up there on the public stage and and dance and sing and and be a guy that can represent the franchise, like a Peyton Manning who could be on SNL and make you laugh. I'm not saying Drew Locke is that, but he's more like that in terms of being a QB one than he is than, than Jay Cutler. I don't think from a personality perspective, they're the same guy at all. I mean, they both have that kind of, you know, cocky swagger about them. They both have that it factor of the big arms. They're both the kind of the gunslinger types. I definitely get the comparison, but I think as a leader, like you just you know, talked about, Chad, uh, Locke is much better in that respect. With regard to Tim Patrick, I mean, this, the, the signs have all pointed this way since he started practicing ahead of the Cleveland game. This is, he's in his third and final week of being able to practice as an IR player. And Fangio said today regarding how Tim looked in practice on on Tuesday, quote, 
He looked good. I think he'll be available to play this week. So yeah. we're going to see Tim Patrick this week, barring some completely unforeseen setback. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Let's see here. We'll get, grab a couple more, and then we'll cut you guys loose for tonight. Uh, here's a question, Zach. Why don't they just get rid of Bryce Callahan? What good is he? I mean, he, he was a really good player in Chicago last year. He was good enough to garner $21 million from the Broncos, and that's kind of the only reason they, they can't just dump him right away. They have a lot invested in him and a lot of hopes tied up in him, considering Chris Harris Jr. might be on his way out. He was supposed to be that successor to him, and he's a, a damn good player when he's healthy. The problem is, though, he's not healthy this season, and the, the Broncos and Elway going back to that injured well, and that's what keeps happening to him. Dropped your pocket comes in with a $25 donation. Thank you. Appreciate you. Chat. Man, you guys are showing us the love tonight. We appreciate it. And then also here we've got six foot ten Mexican with a $5 donation on Super Chat Thank with you. a question. How much would you say the defense has improved since week one? Zach, I a think, that, I mean, by leaps and bounds. Yes. I mean, it obviously it took some time. There was a buffering period for a scheme, for a collection of players and personnel that were so used to playing in the single gap penetrating front seven slash man coverage on the outside, two deep safeties. It took some time for them to get used to playing in Fangio's scheme, which is also a, a significantly more cerebral scheme that requires the players to not just so much think in the moment, but there's a lot more preparation that goes into knowing your responsibility. In, in the old scheme, it was just knowing your own responsibility. As long as you knew your own, you were good to go. But in Fangio's scheme, when you're playing a lot more zone, Zach, you're having to also kind of know what, if I'm if I'm playing outside corner and Zach's safety, I, I got to know what my role is, and I also got to know what Zach's role is on the play call uh, because it's that's just what it takes. And so it took a little time 
for the unit to get up to speed. But ever since they made those personnel tweaks on the D line and with Alexander Johnson, yep. man, even with guys like Devonte Bosby being gone and, and Callahan, this defense, they're now bona fide officially a top five defense. Now, if they could just get their pass rush clicking the way Fangio is expects it to and wants it to and the way it has for him traditionally, I think they could be the number one defense in the league, even with the cornerback depth being what it is. Yeah, Chad, you really nailed it there. Uh, it took a little while for them to get going. I think the injuries and the, the personnel, you know, the, the flux there, it didn't help any matter. And, and Fangio kind of finding his own groove as a play caller too. But you just said it. Once they put in Johnson, once they put in Purcell, this defense is night and day. It's tenfold better. And it's just sometimes it's those little personnel moves, those little tweaks that have the biggest payoffs. And uh, Fangio's defense right now, it's not perfect. They still have some holes, still have some things they have to work on. You talked about the sacks. They can still tighten up their run defense at times, better setting the edge. But yeah, overall, I, this is a quick turnaround for a defense last year under Vance Joseph that was just bad tackling, bad against the pass, bad against the run. They're just bad across the board. So big turnaround really quickly. Jamal says, do you think the Broncos go after Matthew Stafford if he's available, Zach? Uh, this is like we always talk about. This is one quarterback who we would like the Broncos to go after, not the Andy Dalton to the Mariotas of the world. Um, I don't. He has that kind of that Romo injury right now, though. That the 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 back fracture. So we have to talk about his longevity too. He's getting up there. Great quarterback though when he's healthy, and I think in a good offense with some protection, he can thrive. I don't see it happening. But among the veteran quarterbacks, he's the one guy. I know you agree, Chad. The one guy that I wouldn't mind the Broncos going after. By the way, Big Daddy Kane. Uh, th- the Lucas Oil Stadium, the faithful there were chanting Chad Kelly's name when uh, who was Brian Hoyer was stinking up the joint with because yeah. you got the starters out. So anyway, Chad Kelly, he's still out there. We'll see what happens. He's not coming back to Denver. That's one thing that's absolutely for sure. Nicholas says, do you think Locke has the tools to be a franchise quarterback? And Zach, this that's one thing I can say with absolute confidence. I do believe he has the tools to be a yeah. franchise player. Now, Having the tools and having that in and the the traits in raw potential is different than actually going out there and putting it all together and becoming that. I do think he has it in him, though the tools, the traits, the size, and both the tangible and intangible. I think he has it. He just needs the exposure now, Zach. He just needs to get out there and yes. play. And to your point, Paxton Lynch had all the physical tools too, and look what happened there. It, it takes way more than that. And like you said, Chad, he has to put it all together, but I believe he's more of a leader than Paxton Lynch. He cares about football more than Paxton Lynch. He has more of just the it factor and the alpha personality than Paxton Lynch. Once that clicks with his arm talent, which is just, uh, I think, elite in terms of rookie quarterbacks, um, he's really going to be, I think, he could be a franchise signal caller, but at least a starting caliber player for the Broncos. And this is a good point here that Terry brings up. Maybe it will help the quarterbacks if the Broncos keep the same coaches in place for more than a few years. And I would say actually more than a year, because if you think about it, since Gary Kubiak stepped down, it's just been a rotating door, basically, at offensive coordinator. And yeah, I mean, how can you expect to have a, you know, uh, offensive consistency if there's no coaching continuity? And so, that's why when you saw a guy like Rich Gangarella, who is a first-time play caller, get out to such a shaky start in the first half of the season with Joe Flacco as his quarterback, you start worrying that John Elway is going to get impatient with this and, and do something. There's no doubt that Scangarello was feeling the heat. I wouldn't quite go so far myself to say he was on the hot seat, no. uh, but he was definitely feeling the heat, and that quarterback change was just what he needed to shake things up, refocus. And even uh, Brandon Allen today on Wednesday at the podium – 
talked about how Scangarello has tweaked things and changed things to cater more to the young quarterbacks. And I'm telling you, there's something about, you know, a Joe Flacco saying, Hey man, I'm a 12th year vet. I know what I'm about. I know what I like. I know my thing. And, and a first time play caller, that 12th year guy is feeling like what he wants, what he likes, what he sees trumps the offensive coordinator. Whereas now you've got a shift in posture, right? Now it's, I'm the coordinator and I got three young quarterbacks that are willing to do anything and everything I ask them to do because I'm giving them an opportunity. And I like that he's tweaking it to their skill set. And I'm really curious to see how it unfolds, especially for Brandon Allen this week in Minnesota. Yeah, I, I generally agree with the consensus that you got to have some continuity with their coaching staff. You have to have at least a few years to see if they can shake out. But the other tail end to that is you have to have the right people in place, too. You're never going to get anywhere with the Vance Josephs of the world. So the Broncos have to hope that they have the right guy in Fangio, which I think they do. They have the right guy in Scangarello, which I think they do. Quarterback development was the reason they hired him. So it's very exciting to see that that aspect come to Denver after the Mike McCoys and the, the Musgraves of the world. They weren't developing any talent. You have a coach in place, and that's why all of the hand-wringing over getting rid of Scangarello and firing him after year one, it was so premature and so knee-jerk. It's not going to happen. The, this coaching staff, for the most part, will be in place in 2020 and probably beyond that. Billy, uh, Bobby, and there's a few others in the comment stream. No. We addressed the Kaepernick issue <clears throat> at the top of the show. You might have joined us a little bit late. So I would say uh, when the when the live broadcast is over, go back and you can see what our thoughts are on uh, that whole thing. A couple more guys, and then we got to get out of here for tonight. Here's one from Lupe. What do you guys think about going after another Manning like Eli, Zach? Uh, why? What, is, what What? does this serve? I mean, he, he needs to retire. He was just benched for Daniel Jones. I mean, what does that tell you? They need no more Band-Aids, no more of these guys. I'd rather fail with Brandon Allen any day than trade for Eli Manning. Amen, brother. 85 Hellkite says, in reference to sitting a quarterback, do you think quarterbacks like Steve Young, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes are better because they sat – behind a pro in the case of Steve Young and Aaron Rodgers I think when you are the backup to a Hall of Famer and Brett Favre respectively it absolutely had a positive impact in the case of Steve Young Steve Young he talks a lot about how it motivated him future Hall of Famer like that but also B seeing how he operated as a Hall of Fame guy on the day-to-day it made him a better player so that eventually when he got his opportunity he was that much farther along down the road and Rodgers hasn't talked quite as much about how far it impacted him But the same can, I'm sure, be said. In the case of Patrick Mahomes, it was one year, and he got to start the final game for the Chiefs as a rookie as well against the Broncos. Most fans can remember that. I think it certainly – I don't think you could say it hurt him, but, Zach, I don't think that was the difference between any three of those quarterbacks making or breaking it, with maybe the exception of Steve Young. You could argue that Steve Young, when he got his start in Tampa, was on his way to being a bust until Bill Walsh brought him to San Francisco, reined him in, made him sit behind Montana for a while – I could see the argument with Steve Young, but in the case of Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes, I think either one of those guys, even if they would have been thrust into being a starter at some point in their rookie year, you still would have seen that same career arc and trajectory that yeah. took shape for him. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, Steve Young and Brett and Aaron Rodgers, they had great mentors, but these are all, and Patrick Mahomes too, these are all Hall of Fame caliber talents. They always had this talent. They just needed the right scheme to be put in, the right coaches around them. So it was always going to happen, like you said, Chad. Same thing with Tom Brady. If Drew Bledsoe never got hurt, he still would have gotten a chance at some point. He still would have been Tom Brady because he's just that talented. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to help or hurt Drew Locke. I think his talent is going to win out or lack of talent as we as we see play out. All right, guys, last one, and then we're going to sign off for tonight from California Jack. If if Brandon Allen beats Minnesota, 
does he remain the quarterback? Well, two things really quick, Jack. If whether he beats Minnesota or loses to Minnesota, Allen's going to remain the starter for at least the next two games, yeah. Minnesota and Buffalo game. But Zach, if he beats Minnesota, he's going to have some real bona fides and some momentum because the Broncos yeah. are 10 and a half point dogs in this game. Literally nobody on the planet earth outside of Denver <laughs> is expecting or hoping that the Broncos are going to win this game. So if, yeah, if the Broncos go in and upset the Vikings, absolutely. It's going to buy him some more goodwill and equity. And it should. I mean, we always talk about how can the Broncos, if Brandon Allen keeps winning, how can they pull him out to put in Drew Locke just to sell him uh, to L.A. or the fan base? Yeah, if he wins, he gets some definite job security. And you know what? He deserves it. Knocking off a team like the Vikings, they are a really, really good defense, a really well-coached team. If they can go there and knock off that kind of opponent, he absolutely deserves to keep starting. Last one, I promise, then we got to go. What are your predictions for when Locke takes his first snap? Zach, my prediction still is week 16 for Locke. What do you say? It all depends. Like, we just, like, literally just leapfrog off the last question. It depends on Brandon Allen. If he loses this next start, it would speed up that process. But I think, yeah, week 14 at the absolute earliest would be Drew Locke, but sometime in the 15, hopefully not later than 16 week range, though. All right, you guys, you heard it here. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight on this live simulcast of the Huddle Up podcast. Massive, huge, mile-high thanks, mile-high salute yes, to thank our you guys. Super Chat donators. Who, you guys showed us some major love tonight, and you've been so consistent uh, since we've started doing these live uh, streams and these live podcasts. So thanks to all of you guys, especially our donators. You guys are, are awesome. You're keeping this thing going. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, you guys, at HuddleUpPod. i got to remind you, that's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with this show in real time. Don't forget to follow my partner here, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL. You can see it right there. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. And then stay tuned because we will be back in the saddle live on YouTube and Facebook again tomorrow night, Thursday evening, the final pod for for, uh, Zach and I this week at 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. And then we'll sign off for a couple days, and we'll be back in the saddle immediately following the Vikings game on Sunday. Uh, for the gut reaction. So stay tuned. We'll be back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Big thanks to everybody. Zach, have a good night, my brother. You too. And uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.